0: to Girl Talk, and we're here with Nicole from Hit Like a Girl and No More Dysphoria. Did you want to introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your project, Hit Like a Girl, or a lot about it, whichever, you know, you prefer.
1: <laughs> uh, so yeah, my name is Nicole. I play in a band called Hit Like a Girl. I'm the primary like singer-songwriter in that. Um, we're located in Montclair, New Jersey. Um, been a band for about four years now.
0: Um, how did it... Um, expand from like a solo project to a full band kind of thing
1: um, I started as like an acoustic like singer songwriter, doing that like solo for a little while, um which just I don't know wasn't very fulfilling for me um, and I had a bunch of songs the first record basically it was intended to just be an acoustic record um, but when I went to go record it, my friend Levi that re- produced the record um just kind of like helped me form it into a full band sound um and then you know it was just really difficult to find permanent band members so it just started turning into this rotating door of um incoming and outgoing members um for shows and touring and stuff which was i don't know it's got its pros and cons for sure
0: so how do how do like your um like you're writing, how does that usually happen? Like, does, do ideas just like come to you or you really like focus on, I want to write this and this is the message I want to, convey. um,
1: so I write a fuck ton of poetry. So that's usually essentially how every song will start. Um, yeah. so I will usually have the lyrics first and, um, or, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll change them around vaguely depending on how the song is going, but um every song starts out as a poem and it usually starts out with just me and acoustic guitar just to like get the the bones and the structure of the song from beginning to end so I'll um demo that out and listen to it 3,000 times enough to the point where I hate it or want to change it um so if I hate it it usually gets trashed and never used and then or recycled into a song years later that's kind of also happened before but Um, If I want to change it, I'll put it in like GarageBand or something and like send it to my friend Fred and he'll give me his feedback and stuff. Um, But with the record, basically what happened was that same process. I would record demos of me playing like just the acoustic and singing. And if I have any other textural ideas, I'll throw those in the demos, too. And then um, basically what I did for the record was I sent them to the person who played drums and they recorded like, you know, GarageBand demos over it, sent them back. You know i'd be like all right that's cool it's cool maybe change this part and then send them back and then once that was done send them to the person that played guitar you know send them over to the pl- person that played bass and you know then they still changed 400 more times in the studio but
0: <laughs> all right yeah i always I, <laughs> I hear um like musicians say uh having to record a song over and over again in the studio is like a true test of like do I like this song (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) song, yeah (laughs) literally to tour this like well that's yeah exactly I've already
1: heard the new record like so many times where you know there's a lot of parts on the record where I'm like ah fuck like this could have been better I wish I did this you know um it's a learning process maybe if I gotta learn to like take my time even further with recording in the future who knows do
0: you do you work better with like pacing yourself
1: I, I like to rush and <laughs> get it yeah. done quickly which might be my downfall but um i'm also like too impatient to let it drag out for too long if i wait too long i'm not going to do it you know
2: especially yeah. when the idea is like right there and you're like I exactly just like right mm-hmm. now
1: Hmm. yeah for sure get
2: it, too. that's how i get to because like I'll, i like i'll like draw like i'm an artist and stuff and mm-hmm. like once i have the idea i'm like gotta get the ipad like right now like get it out of my brain like
1: because
2: mm-hmm. otherwise i'm just never gonna do it
1: <laughs> yeah or it gets or you forget it and it gets lost and then you know, there's no getting it back
0: yeah
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> what was that thing that i said that one time like, <laughs> take out the notes like in your phone and like
1: oh my god there's so many stupid voice memos in my phone from like just driving and i'll like i i like they'll be called like uh vocal humming and it'll just like i'll be me humming like a melody that randomly comes up while i'm driving or something
0: <laughs> see and then you can't can you use that later yeah,
1: yeah yeah oh my i there's like you know 99 of the time i never use it or reference them but they're there
0: <laughs> they're there just in case you ever yeah yeah
1: <laughs> right
0: <laughs> where did the name um hit like a girl come from because i heard it was about um, like embracing femininity in a way mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's super, you know, it's not like super original, like it's used 300 times over. Like it's also the name of like a drumming contest, like an all girl drumming contest or whatever. So it's like, I've heard it before, Um, but yeah, it definitely just sprung from like a moment of, you know, trying to like feel, you know, empowered, you know, as a assigned female at birth person and um, you know, just something that was a little, a true testament to that, I guess. Like, yeah, just empowering and feminist and all that fun stuff.
0: People always use that, I feel like, when when we were younger as, like, a like an insult.
1: Yeah, like, yeah. I have two brothers, so I heard it, a three, like, a million <laughs> times growing up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're like, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, like, oh, you, yeah, like, you hit, like, a girl or you run like a girl or mm-hmm. you, you know. It's like, how is it, like, but when you're younger, you're like, that's such an insult, and then you... Right, why is that why is that why does that correlate like wh- how being like you know a girl with you know how is that an insult like I just yeah it's, it's things to think about like as you get older and mm-hmm.
2: yeah well even so. we just um we created like a women's history month playlist featuring you know literally every female band we could think of and we're still adding to it but like it's called that's what girls do because mm-hmm. even that's like an insult in itself but it's like no girls do this too you know they are right a very strong presence in the music industry that's like god god forbid you
1: have like god forbid you have like a baby boy playing with dolls and you take them away from him and say no that's what girls do
2: yeah you
1: know
0: exactly.
1: which but like why does it why does everything have to be gendered to begin with i don't know
0: exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's uh, so so frustrating and and i don't know i get to the point where like, people, people say, like, oh, that, like, oh, you, you, like, say, hey, like, a girl. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? Like, right. why? why? <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you in, trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> we're in 2020
2: we look- and we are still talking about this, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's exactly. crazy. Like, we, Let's our platform, yourself. like, we talk a lot about, like, this kind of stuff, you know, the sex and gender, like, all of it. And we posted, was it last week? The, like, the, um, gender terms that like people should know by now or you know whatever and mm-hmm. someone had commented they're like I don't know how to explain the difference between sex and gender because I still see gender as you know male and female mm-hmm. and it's one of those things where it's like it's really easy to explain but it's also like really hard to explain to someone that like you almost have to think of gender as just like nothing like spectrum there is no gender like gender is something that we've been led to believe growing up because of what society has placed on us.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, I actually just saw a post today. It was, uh, you know, I'm gonna butcher it a little bit, but it basically said something about how, like when we were younger, growing up, we weren't really surrounded by, or even like exposed to a lot of the vocabulary that we are today. Um, So like me, for example, like I never really understood what non-binary was, but I always felt it, but I never heard the word before. So I didn't, you know, I just grew up feeling confused. Um, so whereas nowadays a lot of like, you know, Gen Zers and stuff like have the resources and the vocabulary and the education to be able to identify it. So for boomers to say, you know, make maybe make comments about how there's like a lot of, um, you know, gender stuff or whatever. It's just because we have the the resources now and the education and the vocabulary. So it's we've always been there. It's just we didn't know really what it was called. Whereas now um, kids that are growing up our age, you know, when the we were that age, they have that information now, which is really cool.
2: Yeah. And it kind of goes back. There was a, there was a post that we had shared that talked about um, how, well, there were two. One was, it was one in six Gen Zers now identify within like the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. And there was another one that we shared that had talked about how um, it's a lot more prevalent these days, the conversations and, you know, people coming out and all that stuff versus, you know, the eighties. And it's not so much people are, identifying with it, it's also the fact that back then it wasn't talked about and people didn't right. feel safe coming out and mm-hmm. you know they were killed and you know all yeah. these different things. Yeah. Where now the space is a lot safer mm-hmm. for them to say, you know what, I am this person or, you know, I still don't know what I am, but I know I'm not this.
1: Right. I mean, unfortunately that prejudice still exists, but yeah, it's definitely not as uh it's definitely not the same as it was back then for sure.
0: Yeah. I'm glad that <clears throat> spaces are are safer and people are feeling more comfortable to to really just be themselves come out yeah. and be who they are yeah but yeah the having gender like discussions with people who like are necessarily like you know wh- like not necessarily well read on the subject but like just don't aren't just aren't unsure what's going on and and uh you know don't uh have, have grown up like more traditionally where things are like the binary and, and whatnot. And, and even like working, like working in customer service. And, and uh, we had like, there were pink razors for sale. Like, and they're like, is this like, like, this is for girls, but I have like a boy and I'm like, it's, it's just a razor. Like it does the same thing. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, yep. So how did you come up with your particular sound? for
1: um, that's a good question. I guess I've always tried to, uh, write music that I thought might be like, I don't want to say timeless, but, like, it's music that I think will age well. Um, so, I and, you know, I would try to write music that's, like, accessible, too. Like, it's fun for me to write. Um, so it's not like I'm writing music that I don't like because I like it. Um, like, indie, pop, emo kind of stuff. Like, that's my main, you know, interest. But, yeah, I also try to write stuff that's accessible. Like, I don't know, if if your parents would listen to it and like it, then, you know, to me, it's a win in my book. <laughs> so yeah just catchy upbeat accessible kind of stuff is what i go for
0: and is that like reflective of the the bands that you listen to personally or is it just like um yeah
1: anywhere? i don't know i guess like i I, listen, I guess i listen to bands that maybe are not but uh, <laughs> um But there's got to be a draw of inspiration from those bands somewhere somehow right um but i do also listen to a lot of like radio pop so maybe that's where it comes from
0: (laughs) the surging of
1: yeah Mm -hmm. like radio pop music with like emo band hardcore screamo band lyrics or something i don't know
0: (laughs) it works i mean people who are who are not um like super into like the emo hardcore sound can be like oh, okay this is a little less mm-hmm. like harsh so I can <laughs> I can enjoy this myself like oh, right just give it a chance you know <laughs> totally um, so did you did you want to talk about like the record a little bit and like what um, you're going for with this one like a like a central theme or sound in particular yeah sure. The whole record kind of is about like
1: anxiety and um, like trying to like cope with loss and things like that, which I guess would be the overall theme uh, if you would. And um, you know, when I say Heart Racer out loud, it makes me think of a panic attack. Um, So like literally like your heart racing, which kind of ties in with some of the underlying themes of the record. yeah, I don't know. I guess that's the overall theme of it. (laughs) I mean, there's still, there's still love songs and stuff. It wouldn't be me if there wasn't, but you know.
0: (laughs) Right on. And when did you, when did you start like writing for this particular record?
1: I pretty much started writing for records like the second I'm done with the one before. So like when we finished writing, uh, when we finished recording What Makes Love Last and like put that out, I pretty much started writing this record right away just because what happens is I'll listen to, a release of mine so many times and like I said before like wish that I had done something differently so I'll just start writing what I had wished I'd done differently before you yeah. know yeah so um you know I have already started so once we finished recording Heart Racer I already started writing some new songs that I sort of wish I had done for that um not that I'm saying that I am making way on writing a new record right now but I've been the wheels have been turning essentially I just never <laughs> <Never cost. laughs> it's my favorite thing to do
0: i was gonna say do you take time to like shut your brain off and like <laughs> oh
1: for sure for sure um literally like after we recorded the record i like couldn't really like focus too much on it for a little while like um we had recorded audio tree in november we recorded the record in june so from june to november i probably played my guitar like twice you know what i mean like, not a lot and then after Audio Tree, I kind of felt like this, like, winds again to, and then, you know, mixed with seasonal depression, it kind of, you know, <laughs> inspired me to pick up my guitar again.
0: Yeah, that, that, uh, the winter, do it. yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> even if we don't, like, we're in California, and even though we don't really get, like, seasons, like, we mm-hmm. still, still feel that, like, I don't know if it's like the the holiday spirit that depressing, like portion of the holiday feels that a little bit.
1: Where where in California are you guys?
2: We're in California, so I'm in Orange County, and Canaan's in Ventura
0: County.
1: Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, so I guess it doesn't you you guys don't see snow, right? Yeah,
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but I think we're friends with enough people that live in the snow Mm -hmm. (laughs) that know. Uh, that we hear about, you know, just how like it's just a bummer and and all that kind of stuff. And and we're like, like with the pandemic happening and everything, did that affect your writing as well?
1: Um, probably, yeah. Cause I guess you would think if a musician has all the time in the world to write music, that they're going to. But it was almost like kind of opposite for me. Like in the beginning of quarantine last year, I didn't really play a lot just because you know I write off of like real life situations you know, and I wasn't doing anything or going anywhere. So there's nothing to talk about, nothing to write about. So yeah, that definitely affected the writing. It slowed everything down for sure. Um, And then also just like the depression of like all my tours getting canceled, you know, it was just kind of like, well, why bother, you know? So I definitely wasn't playing a lot in quarantine. And then once we had more information about like what the fuck is actually happening, uh, that's, I was just like, all right, well, we're in this for a little while. I might as well try and make something happen. So did.
0: Yeah, You know, just kinda like dig dig deep into your brain. And- Literally, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, uh, you know, some people will argue
1: that to do anything creative, you have to like feel this like wave of like motivation or inspiration to do it. So a lot of people will use that as an excuse or a crutch to not, you know? Um, well, I'm not feeling inspired today. And then they just won't do it, which holds some truth to a certain extent but you can also you'd be surprised at how much you can actually force yourself to be creative if you sit down and say all right well I'm not going to get up until I create something even if it's you know even if you write like one sentence like the dog goes to the park it doesn't have to be anything like crazy you know existential or anything but you can be creative if you sit down and give yourself the chance
0: yeah yeah I feel
1: that Mm mm-hmm
0: It's hard though like just sitting there and and forcing yourself i feel like i know in order for me to be creative like personally i have to tap into like this this place of like sadness yeah yeah (laughs) definitely sadness sadness like real like i have to. no i know
1: i know for sure yeah (laughs) it's it's hard when you're in a good mood i don't know i but you also like don't want to let that be a thing forever either because god forbid you ever associate something that you love to do with being sad you know like sometimes like when i pick up a guitar it's like okay well if it doesn't sound sad then it's not good and like i don't know if that's like actually healthy in the grand scheme of things mm-hmm. um so even if you write something when you're in a really great mood you don't have to show it to anybody either you know mm-hmm. you can just be for fun
2: <laughs> <laughs> i think of that like journaling like my friend was like getting me to journal when i was like in mm-hmm. a bad place and like it helped but at the same time i felt like I was getting stuck in that cycle of just like complaining about everything that's like mm-hmm. wrong and like just being very negative. And I'm like, I don't know if this is actually helping me or hurting me. Right. I'm still like, yeah. that thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. But now it's just, now it's, just, you made a physical like manifestation of it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, when did you start playing music? Like, were you, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: I, I guess, um, no, not really. Oh, I guess. Yeah. I, um, started, when I was like really little, my mom took me a couple piano lessons, um, but you know, that didn't really stick. And then I had a neighbor friend that was getting drum lessons in their basement. And every time I was like going over there to like, hang out with them, I would like kind of sneak in and like peek in on the drum lessons. And like, he, like the teacher was like really cool and like, let me like participate in stuff. So I guess I sort of like piggybacked off my neighbor's drum lessons or whatever. Um, and then in, middle school um I had a couple friends that like played different instruments like one of my friends played guitar one of my friends played drums and one of my friends liked to sing um so we were all hanging out we're like yeah like we should start a band we need a bass player and so I was like yeah I guess I'll learn how to play bass because that's like what's missing so um begged my parents to get me a bass and they got me one of those like boom Yamaha basses or whatever um so we all met up play together we pretty much all learned how to play damn it by play 182 and then never practiced together ever again <laughs> <laughs> um so but I kept playing um and then guitar was the thing I picked up last but it was the one that stuck I guess
0: I was gonna say what happened to the bass
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I I you know I still play for me I filled in on bass for uh some friends bands before you know I still play those other instruments but you can't really I, I guess I just you know partake to the guitar mostly because that's easier for me to write a whole song with yeah yeah
0: definitely try to, yeah, try to write a song with like
1: i was gonna say you can't write a song on bass but like you could you you could yeah <laughs> <laughs> bands do it there's bands that don't have the guitar players at all
0: very true mm-hmm. creative <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's cool did you um did you all play play the play Damn It for anybody? Or are you just gonna no, like, no, just for just each other? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. yeah, and like, what did you have like a like a I don't know how to put it, like a punk rock like awakening in a way, like a particular band that really spoke to you.
1: Um, when I, I don't remember how old I was, but there was a point in my life where uh, I played drums in like a riot girl bands, you know, and we, mm-hmm. we pretty much only listened to like Bikini Kill, but like that didn't go anywhere that never left the garage either. <laughs> um, it was fun though. <laughs> that
0: sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the, the two music videos that were put out for Heart Racer so far uh boardwalk and monsters where did like the concepts for those music videos where did those come from like were they from you or someone else well
1: the name of the game is social distancing right so um pretty much for boardwalk i just tweeted one day i was like hey do i know any animators on here and the guy that made the video jez pennington he lives in uh london i believe But he responded and was like, yeah, I would do it. And I looked at his website and it turned out that he had done videos for bands that I really like, like Tiger Straw and Intuit over it. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, you want to do a video for me? Like this, I'm just like, whatever. I'm just over here, I'm chilling. But yeah, that'd be great. So he just killed it. Um, I just gave him some references of like what the song was about. I sent him like some pictures of like me and my friends. Um, I sent them some pictures from like the day that the song is about um so he pretty much took all that and ran with it and you know asked for some opinions along the way but he really kind of spearheaded that entire thing i didn't really have too much to do with the birth of that video and i think he did such a great job um and then for monsters same thing i knew i wanted to be in a video and again keeping social distancing in mind i was like all right well what kind of idea? can we come up with that is just me and it's like far enough away from people and whatever so it's just like camping that's in the middle of the woods so i pretty much just said camping to the kid adam pedito that produced it and then he came up with the whole storyboard of the video and stuff and yeah again he so i can't take any credit for that i just said the word camping and he took it from there
0: I was like, technically you didn't go with the idea. <laughs> uh,
1: I guess, I don't know. Cause you could, that could have went 300 other different ways. <laughs>
0: <laughs> different kind of camping experience. <laughs> right, yeah. Let's say, well, it worked out. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like the the animation for Boardwalk is pretty cool. I love like, you, you, you feel like you're there. Like <laughs> playing it's really cute. like a game. Yeah, it's so cute. Yeah, like, this is adorable. This is like <laughs> <laughs> just what we need during this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some some cute little animation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. One hundred percent. Um, so where was I? So did you want to talk about um, your nonprofit organization? No more uh, dysphoria.
1: Sure, yeah. Um, no More Story started before the band. Um, it started with me and some friends back in, like, 2015, 2016. Um, basically, I was talking to a friend that has since removed themselves from the organization because they were, like, uh, just scared of, like, maybe getting outed or something. So um, to keep their identity as vague as possible, they basically came up with the idea and talked to me about it and said how they wanted to like make it come to fruition. But like, they were scared of, you know, outing themselves. So it's just like, I mean, I love this idea. I definitely would love to help you with it and, you know, take it off the ground running. And they were like, yeah, like, yeah, my, like that would be great. That'd be awesome. Um, So yeah, I don't know. It was just really quick every day, me trying to like think of different ways to get it off the ground. But um, since, DIY and bands and music and stuff was like kind of like the forefront of how I knew how to do anything. Um, I pretty much like kind of teamed up with some friends bands that I knew at the time and like asked them if I can like sell No More dysphoria stuff at their shows. And like, that's kind of basically how I got the ball rolling with that. And then just met some people along the way that helped with like website and like merch designs and stuff like that. And, you know, just throughout the years of it, of trial and error uh figuring out best ways for fundraising and things like that um we've since kind of figured out a little system it's not perfect but uh we've since been able to just donate like we've been averaging since 2015 averaging like four thousand dollars a year in donations and it's been going up which is cool
2: yeah that's great
1: yeah we're pretty much on the brink right now of uh paying for someone's entire top surgery which has been my goal since day one wow. um yeah there's uh someone i've been in touch with who has been keeping me updated along the way but we have like some money set aside for them to pay for the whole thing which i'm really excited to finally do
2: yeah
0: that's really exciting it's mm-hmm. awesome yeah uh during this whole year did you uh did you start any like new hobbies or anything like that
1: Hmm. That's a good question. Um, yeah, I was, uh, I guess I was trying to like build guitar pedals for a little bit in the beginning. Um, and then there's been multiple times where I would like start working out really like consistently and then drop off the rails and then start again and then drop off the rails. Um, over this last summer, I would like ride my bike a lot. Um, so hopefully I'll do that again when it gets warmer out this year. Um, I, no, I don't think I picked up any, like, really new hobbies, per se. I also still worked, so mm-hmm. I still had to work and whatnot. Um, just because food service, you know, essential workers, you know, that whole stupid yeah. narrative. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was like, I've been working, too, so. Yeah. Definitely understand that. You mm-hmm. are like, oh, the time off, and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I, I definitely... Uh, Cut my hours, but mm-hmm. yeah, I still worked.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, people. <laughs> <laughs> right, dealing with people sometimes is just it's hard.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely.
0: <laughs> so it's nice to like, nice to get away from it for like a second and and do what you want to do. But yeah, yeah. it's also interesting seeing what people like have have uh started to do during during this whole quarantine pandemic time mm-hmm. and picked up they're like oh i, I did knitting or <laughs> a lot of bread
1: making apparently oh that's that's true i i did i did bake a lot
2: <laughs> baking, yeah, baking was like the number one we feel like yeah. number...
1: for sure
0: I'm Like i made a cake <laughs> I was like, I did not bake any. Like, Maybe I did. Did I? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't even remember anymore. It's all like a blur. <laughs> I know. It's
1: it's really bizarre to even think that a year happened. Like I f- still feel like, um, like my partner and I say this sometimes that like last fall feels like like fall of twenty nineteen feels like last fall.
2: Yeah. You know, like it's it's still twenty twenty in my head. Yeah. Like, right.
0: <laughs> I still write twenty twenty. People ask me to write the date. I'm like. <laughs> it's 2020. I don't know what's going on anymore it's 2020 part two <laughs> yeah we need we need a redo so it's 2020 again but just not the same right yeah 2020 <laughs> because yeah I don't I don't I don't want to do that again <laughs> mm. not not down for that um so talking about like the binary and and how like dangerous that is, why do you think um, that people like are afraid to to challenge it in a way?
1: Why do I think that people are afraid to challenge the binary? Yeah. Hmm. That is a good question. Uh, (laughs) um, If I had to, I guess like guess or like spitball here, I would probably say that, you know, a lot of people are afraid of learning or hearing things that are opposite from what they know is true. A lot of people can't accept that, that concept that the opposite of what you know is also true. So I think people are afraid to challenge the binary because maybe they're afraid of what they're gonna hear. Um, maybe people are afraid of being exhausted to talk about it. Um, I guess like, you know, for me, I would rather get misgendered all day long than have to explain or correct somebody just because I already know how exhausting it's going to be, that conversation. And nine times out of 10, when people maybe are a little ignorant, they don't, they will not accept new data. They will not change their minds. So I'd rather almost like not even bother trying to educate somebody when you already know like the wall is up. Like I, they don't care what's, you know,
2: they're not going to change. It is what it is. Exactly. <laughs>
1: like, yeah. Yeah.
2: You can say this, exactly. but they're going to not, they're just not going to take it in
1: you can literally present all the facts and data and science in the world and it's just like they've already made up their minds so exactly
0: like has music always been your your first love
1: yeah definitely it's um I remember there being a point in my life because um I also like I guess liked to do like video editing and stuff when I was younger so I do remember like specific time in my life where because both hobbies are expensive playing music and like video equipment like all that shit's really expensive so i was just kind of like all right you can't you can be interested in both but like me being the kind of person that i am i'm a fire sign i gotta pursue one thing so and i gotta do it fully so um i was just kind of like pick one video editing or playing music playing music and maybe being in a band i don't know um so it was kind of a no-brainer because music has always been a constant thing it's always been something that I go back to even if I ever did try to like pick up something new or learn something new it's just you know the one thing that's never I've never gotten bored of it I've never you know whatever just I always go back to it so yeah definitely yeah. Mm-hmm. it's
0: definitely is a constant like music never never lets you down
1: yeah, yeah yeah for sure
0: like that's how that's how I always feel like no matter what if like people in your life or something doesn't go right, you always have like music or a particular record or band or something to mm-hmm. kind of lean on.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Or fall back on. So
1: yeah. Yeah. For sure. I feel that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. It reminds me of like this. I was having this conversation with a friend yesterday, and I was thinking like we were talking about like failed relationships and stuff. And I'm just like I was like, I'm worried because I don't know if I could ever like love another person as much as I love music. <laughs> that, like, yeah, right. He had agreed with me, and I was like, Oh no, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this, but
1: I mean, yeah. that's why I, that's there's like a stigma in the world that, that people don't like to date musicians for that exact reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs>
2: yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my sister, my sister, um, her boyfriend plays in a band, and like it's funny because she was like a fan of the band before they met and like Mm -hmm. you know they're going strong and stuff but she was like I don't think I could ever break up with him because if I do then like I can't listen to
0: them like anymore right yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's just it's just tarnished forever like to associate yeah it's it's that's that's hard exactly Mm -hmm. (laughs) so you like have to think beforehand you're like no I don't want to like yeah like I love this band too much to ever pursue <laughs> a relationship with anyone in this band Like, mm-hmm. I just know. <laughs> exactly um so how does it like make you feel being so transparent with your like lyrics is that like is that like scary in a way or are you like comfortable doing that
1: yeah I'm definitely obviously comfortable to some extent right or else I wouldn't be doing it um but i definitely worry that some people might think i'm like corny or something um you know obviously no one likes to be judged especially like when you like put your heart on your sleeve it's like you know if somebody was like this sucks i would be like "Mm, okay (laughs) Um, yeah so it's like uh, a little uh makes me a little anxious sometimes being as open as I am about stuff but you know at the end of the day um my biggest like thing is or mantra I guess you could say is write the song that you want to hear um so I try to just write the songs for me you know like these are the songs that I want to hear these are the songs that I like to play like you know these are the things that I want to talk about so yeah yeah
0: definitely makes it relatable
1: yeah For sure, and yeah, a lot of people have told me like you know that um, they wish they heard my songs like when they were going through it, like in high school or something, you know. So that's that's pretty cool to hear.
0: Yeah, definitely. Back in the day, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Because I feel like especially especially in like the growing up in like the late '90s, early 2000s, there wasn't like a lot of like heart like not necessarily like heartfelt but like jet ge- like genuine songs that we like really needed to hear mm-hmm. um, growing up in that era it was like yeah we kind of had to like figure it out for ourselves and definitely very hard a little lonely <laughs> yeah very lonely yeah like just trying to you know what nobody was talking about anything that they were going through like mental health wasn't discussed and, yeah and like generally and like even like sexuality and all that was like very swept under the rug Mm -hmm. um and and it's just it was hard and yeah like you said like lonely so i i love how music and 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 everything has progressed in that way to where we can have open conversations like that um you know and and I'm like, I'm happy for the kids of today. <laughs> they can, like, <laughs> they don't have to <laughs> <they> feel, <are. laughs> feel so, like, lonely, mm-hmm. you know? And even that, like, um, like, thinking back to that time of growing up, that was, like, um, being, like, excessively, like, thin was really in, too. So, like, if you had any other, like, different kind of body type, that was, like, really, uh, like, shunned in a way, too. So it was, hey, like, yeah. A hard time (laughs) (laughs) right definitely novel on this but (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure like like you said people have like come up to you about um no more dysphoria and then they've come up to you about like your your songwriting and and Mm -hmm. you know so that it's it's helped them and I don't know does that does that like feel rewarding in
1: a way or yeah absolutely it kind of like because you know there's definitely parts or times where i get frustrated you know like um maybe like fill-ins don't learn the songs right or you know something goes wrong with the van or i don't have enough money to pay my band like whatever like things get frustrating on tour it's just the nature of life right um yeah. so when those little moments do occur i'm like okay it's worth it <laughs> you know yeah So
0: at the end of the day <laughs> yeah
1: right Exactly. It, like, um, brings me back down to earth for a second. It's like, all right, this is why we do it.
0: <laughs> does, do, uh, like, has any show in particular, like, does it stand out to you, like, in your mind of being, like, like, the best moment?
1: Oh, for sure. Um, when we played uh, the last Fest um, 2019, right, because I'm, like, trying to remember a whole year went by. <laughs> um, yeah, Fest 2019. Um, I remember we played our last song. And I remember looking up and um so many of my friends were there just like because you know like so many other like friends and bands played fest that year too so like i remember looking up and like all my other friends bands that i've looked up to all these years and like have gone and seen like 300 times like we're all there they're all watching and some of them were even singing along and like that was just when i was like yes like i feel so affirmed right now (laughs) like this is sick that was like one of my favorite memories was looking up and seeing all my band friends watching or playing our fest set <laughs>
0: that year. Awesome.
1: Mhm.
0: I can only imagine, like, <laughs> like playing them, looking up, and like just being in, like, just like, cause fest has its own kind of like feel.
1: Yeah.
0: It anyway, and that that just mm-hmm. like that overwhelming like feeling, and then you know, but in like a completely amazing, good, <laughs> good kind of overwhelming, yeah. and yep. then just looking up and seeing everyone, mm-hmm. like. I can only imagine that's that how that must have felt
1: yeah it was so sick (laughs) I don't know because like I also get like anxious ever like from time to time like you know maybe like these really cool bands are just nice to me to be nice to me and maybe they don't actually like give a shit but then like you know that was like a really nice affirming moment
0: yeah -hmm. Yeah, I belong here (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely but yeah I'm just I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if Festa happens this year. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> fingers crossed. It. Yeah, <laughs> fingers crossed.
1: That's it. That's all. All we can do right now. So, I
0: would think. I would, like thinking back back to like that fest. Like, um, fr- a couple of friends and I we were at the um, the Civic Media Center and we were watching the Laura Jane Grace um set mm-hmm. and like it was so like it was it was so surreal and uh, like you could everyone just singing and like there were moments you could like hear a pin drop it was just like the the coolest kind of uh, just, yeah, it was amazing <laughs> mm-hmm. it was yeah it was pretty cool
1: so I mean definitely. yeah I hope
0: that that happens I mean I hope that it's safe safe to happen of
1: course yeah right
0: we can all go and and enjoy ourselves but you know definitely flying out in hazmat suits you know <laughs> A new way in our in our little bubbles <laughs> yeah right yeah, <laughs> I would definitely enjoy that um so what do you like with the representation of like lgbtq plus and like non-binary people um in mainstream media do you think that there has been like a progression or do you think that like what's your opinion on like the whole um A
1: progression in what sense? Like in the
0: in, like in mainstream ex- media, you think that like there's like,
1: like the visibility not- of the community, yeah,
0: like the representation, yeah. Do you think that the representation, oh. yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I think it's definitely progressed a lot, especially considering you know where things were at when we were younger and growing up, and like kind of in our formative years or whatever. Like, there's definitely way more education and exposure and visibility now than there was when we were figuring ourselves out right um so that's good um i don't know even just like scrolling through netflix and disney plus and like all your streaming services like you know you'll see documentaries and you know exposure and things like that even there um which is cool um you know yeah i i I think i think we're we've come a long way that's for sure
0: 100%. yeah I mean definitely room for more <laughs> you know for sure yeah yeah of
1: course it's not you know it's still not hitting it but you know it's getting better <laughs>
0: that, like that people seeing it like on Netflix or you know um like the you know whatever is whatever on Netflix or Hulu or or you know mainstream streaming services and people can kind of start the conversation and be like, oh, I saw this thing it was really interesting or really got me thinking and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. kind of starting talking about certain things or maybe maybe even like identifying within themselves, like they didn't know that they felt a certain way sure. and they saw this representation yeah. uh, on TV and they're like, okay, like I, you know, or even like, um, I was thinking about the show Pose, like even getting transgender actors to play transgender right. characters, yeah. like, that's important.
1: Definitely, very important. It's uh, they talk about that in disclosure. Did you see that?
0: I I was like scrolling through, and I was like, I need to watch this. Like, yeah, so yeah. I haven't watched it, yet, so I saved it for later. But I, it's am- really good. Definitely watch that for sure. <laughs> <This> is, <yeah. laughs> mm-hmm. Just having that, or just yeah, just having that kind of narrative, and it's like, I don't know, just or, I something that I've seen a lot. That's that's interesting. How people are like, they get like cis actors to play transgender characters, but then like with Elliot Page, like playing Vanya on Umbrella Academy and they're like, well, how's that gonna work? And it's like, it's the same, like, <laughs> you have cis character, like cis people playing transgender characters, like you could have a transgender person playing like a cis A
1: character. cis person, yeah, right, exactly. It
0: doesn't, like, it's, it's so interesting seeing how people like, don't understand it when it's like flipped in that way and like, mm-hmm. like no, mm-hmm. we can talk about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs>
0: be okay we'll figure
2: you
1: know we'll explain <laughs> to you
2: what's going on will, everything will be okay <laughs> right
0: exactly nothing's but yeah just just that it's so it's so cool seeing that like I don't know like when I think of pose and like um we I, I follow India more and like they're so cool and just yeah it's amazing yeah agreed, <laughs> uh,
2: agreed. <laughs>
0: um but yeah Raven anything else that uh
2: um not that i can think of um do you just want to plug like your social media and where people can find you and if you want to plug like um, no more dysphoria too
1: Mm -hmm. yeah definitely um so we are at hit like a girl and jay on twitter and instagram um hit like a girl band on facebook i don't even fucking use facebook don't even bother (laughs) (laughs) um oh and and hit like a girl and Jay on TikTok too, which also don't bother um, Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> uh, and then everything is at No More Dysphoria for No More Dysphoria. Um, if you or anyone you know it needs uh, financial assistance with their transition, please reach out to me at nomordysphoria at gmail.com. Uh, even if you just need to talk, even if you just need a binder, literally anything, whatever, hit me up there. Our website is nomordysphoria.org.
0: Thank you for being here with us. We really enjoyed talking to you. And yeah,
1: thank you so much for having me. Seriously.